Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host for today, and thanks for listening to Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who've walked out of various mental health issues and into freedom. Today we'll be hearing from Michelle and her walk out of anxious thought patterns. Michelle was a scrub tech in the operating room, but is now the outreach director for No Boundaries International, where she has served for the last eight years. She works with many marginalized populations, leading them into transformative relationships with her and Jesus. Hi friends, welcome back to Relief from Darkness. I'm Molly, and we are here today continuing our conversation about mental health issues and various distorted processes. Um, We're in the middle of great conversations where we have real life people with real life testimony about the various things regarding mental health that Jesus has walked them out of. So today we have Michelle and she's going to be here with us talking about her experience with anxiety. And then we also have our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi guys. She'll be here for the brain dump portion of the show. And then we have our great friend Carly with us and she's here to facilitate some questions. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Carly. Can you tell us a little bit about what anxiety is or what that looks like? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is just a really basic definition, but anxiety is an emotion described as having invading feelings of tension or intrusive worries and concerns. A lot of uneasiness might be felt, Mm. Um, but a lot of times anxiety can cause physical symptoms such as increased heart rate, blood pressure, maybe excessive sweating, yeah, <laughs> that's one for me. <laughs> Gross. Um, dizziness or trembling. Uh, sometimes it can also affect our sleep cycles. So either sleeping too much or maybe not sleeping much at all. Mm. Um, but with that, we are excited to have Michelle and hear about her experiences with anxiety. So can you walk us through what your life experience has been like in this area, Michelle? Sure, I'd love to share. Um Anxiety in my life looked like, um, it started when I was really young. I think like even my father died when I was eight, but I really think it started before that. And I think over the years, as I grew into adulthood, that it um, really crippled me. It was a crippling experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bled over into all of my relationships. Um, It was uh, hard for me to function. Um, I worried about everything. I was anxious about everything. Um, it manifested in a lot of ways. Uh, as I got older, I would become a workaholic and things like that, I think, just to avoid it. and But I had lots of trouble. And um, I think it got worse. One There was an incident when my oldest son was stabbed. And when I came up on the scene, I, I don't remember much. Like, I saw him laying there. And mm-hmm. after that, mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't remember anything. And so I felt like yeah. that really was the tipping point to where I realized that, whoa, something is really wrong. And um, I had still had a lot of anxiety, obviously, after that. But I was seeing a therapist and things like that. But it wasn't until um, I came to know boundaries. And I was able to put language to some of the things that were wrong with me. Like uh, mm-hmm. Lori, Dr. Lori had talked about the flying zone and about how there was a little airplane. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was such revelation to me that that was where I lived. I lived in hypervigilance. That's what, mm-hmm. what she called it. And I was able to recognize that, oh, my gosh, that's that's where I am. And that's what's wrong with me. Um, if the phone would ring, I always expected the worst. Like I always, mm-hmm. you know, it was just it was really hard. And it really did. Um, it overtook all, all of my life, you know. So that's what it was like for me. 
So you were constantly in this heightened state. Yes, constantly. I lived in that. Yes. That's what the hypervigilance means? Yes. 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 So just like worried or like what's going to happen next? Like do those things ring true? Yes. And it was, you know, hard to relax. Hard to, yeah. I mean, I'm, I am a fun person, a, you know, a fun loving person, but, and I would have fun, but there was, I always had lingering outline. It was always there. It was always there and it was hard. It was hard to function. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Did it ever affect your relationships, like with other people or your kids or coworkers or anything like that? Yes. Because really when you're an anxious person like that, and then you're always, um, the anxiety causes you to second guess everything mm-hmm. and to um, kind of like manifest and like, oh, did I do something or am I doing something or what's about to happen or things like that. So it, it was difficult. All I think it affected all of my relationships all across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like it was even a distrust of others, but also yourself. Yes, probably mainly myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It was very hard. It was. It was difficult. And then, but it was, it was really, it really was freeing to finally um have language for it yeah to realize that i wasn't crazy right (laughs) and then then i mean i don't know if you want me to go into like so after i came to no boundaries and started learning about what it was and what i was experiencing then that's when i was able to start walking it out Mm. and learning how to uh, let jesus heal me and it's only been that's the only reason that i am like i am today is because of jesus only through his healing and it was it was some of it was um, would happen immediately, but it has happened over time. I have certain uh, periods where he he did one thing and then he did another. Well, so. before we get all the way into that, Dr. Lori, can you give us the brain dump? Absolutely, and this this one as well is just a beautiful topic to talk about because Michelle's not alone. They say that this is the biggest mental health. Uh, situation that's happening in the United States, that 18.1% of people are riddled with anxiety. And if we just think that that one out of 10, roughly before the pandemic or before situations that are happening in our society are are difficult or experiencing anxiety or depression, 18% have anxiety. They say that since the pandemic, that four out of 10 adults in the U.S. are reporting symptoms of anxiety and depression. Mm. And so as we start to go through this, this will be a beautiful CPR process with anxiety is, as Michelle talked about, she had to connect. So she connected in a community that was safe. She actually came on board with us to work with victims of human trafficking or people in hard places like the homeless or the prostituted. And in the midst of all of that, then she discovered that she was truly anxious. I think about that commercial where there's this owner and he's got this really cool ball and he's getting ready to throw it for a super hyper dog. And he's just standing there holding the do- the ball and the dog's just going crazy and running back and forth and looking and it's like, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And he's never <laughs> going to throw the ball, but the dog's just like, throw the ball, throw the ball. Right. And so to me, that's what anxiety looks like. And so when we get into an environment as we're like, throw the ball, throw the ball. Did I do good enough? Am I good enough? Am I going to be okay? Is something going to happen? Something's happened. Then that's what it looks like. And people are just standing there just looking at us. And so when we get into a community, we realize I love there's an anxiety scale. And actually I was so proud of Michelle. She got an A plus on our anxiety scale. And (laughs) just to think about a scale to know, because if you're in the middle of it, 
you don't understand that what you're thinking about, not everybody's thinking about it. So for example, I can't stop worrying or there's nothing I can do to help, or I'm afraid of my own feelings, or I have to be strong, or I can't stop thinking about it, or I'm scared for my life, or I just might go crazy. And so if you're caught up in that, you may think that everybody thinks like that, but they don't. And so when you're connected with the CPR process with an environment and save people, you can realize there's some stuff that's going on. But then like she said, She's not crazy if we understand the psychoeducation of what happened. And if you think about it, she said when she was young, her dad died and then her son got stabbed. And so if our brain is organized for survival or simplicity, for survival, when her dad left, then as a young child, she may have made some some adjustments in her brain with her pathways, with her neuropathways that bad things happen or people leave, or she may have never processed through that cognitively where her body stays in a hyper aroused state. Mm. And if your body is in a hyper aroused state, then physical things happen. We get sick. We have a decreased immune system. We have headaches. We have tension. We have stomach aches. We have trouble with digestion. There's all kinds of physiological symptoms that manifest themselves because of stress. And the numbers vary. But, you know, I wonder personally, it could the majority of everything that happens to us physiologically be due to our thought process through to anxiety and distress. And then finally, we have to look at our routine. That if I have had trauma in the past, if I am anxious, if I'm in environments, if my thoughts are constantly whirling, then I have to change my routine. And and I like to say a lot of times in the middle of stress, we're either an actor, doer, blamer, stuffer, or body person. So Michelle talked about being a workaholic. Well, she didn't press through the anxiety. She was just anxious as she was a workaholic. And so... <laughs> So in the midst of that, she's got to figure out who taught her to be anxious. She's got to settle those thoughts down. She's got to process through that, know that she's not crazy for being numb and detached or always tired or having tension in her body or she can't remember things, but to know that her brain turned on a long time ago and never turned off. And so we have to go through that process for her. We've mentioned before the top down or the bottom up for her. It's more of a bottom up. She had trauma in the past when she was young. She turned on her brain in her fight, flight, or freeze with her amygdala. And she stayed in a state of hyper arousal and anxiety until she gets connected to the body of Christ She understands what's actually happening in her brain. And that's outside of the scope of where Jesus had originally designed her to live. And then she incorporates a new way of just not compensating for those hard things that she's been through in the past, but actually working through those, processing through those, getting a narrative to those, and then changing the state of anxiety that she lives in. Yeah. That Molly... That was good. That was really good. That was that good. was good. Thank you, Dr. Lori. <laughs> so, Michelle, then what was the walkout process like for you? How did Jesus meet you in it? Or how has he been healing anxiety in you? So he started it. This was several years ago. We were at a conference in Bethel. And I always had like a lot of whirling thoughts or like a lot of thoughts. Like it seemed like my mind ran all the time, all the time, all the time. Just constant thinking. And we were at the conference and... 
I was I was crying out to him and I was in like a special session and he just took it. He healed it. He met me there. And I'd already been coming, you know, through some some healing that from like shame and condemnation and things like that and guilt. But this was a big moment. Like uh, at that time when this when I was able to stop the thoughts when Jesus healed me in that way, then I was able to just start walking it out in that way. Like I used to use the verse, um, it's Isaiah 26, 3, I think that he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would repeat that sometimes 26, 27 times, like however long it took. That's the verse that I used to yeah. just keep myself in peace. Yeah. And uh, peace is a big deal to me because I have peace now and I didn't, I never had peace. Uh, there was, there was no peace in my life, whether it was an internal thing the outside around me, what the chaos that was around me, I never had that. Mm-hmm. And so it's a huge deal to me and I value it. And it just reminds me of the song by Amanda Cook that, you know, peace is the promise he keeps. Mm-hmm. And so I value it. And, and it's something that the peace that he's given me is what that's a big deal to me that I, I want other people to have that peace because I know the anxiety and the effects of it. He, that's not from Jesus and that's not what he wants. And so it's a huge deal to me. And I'm still walking out some things, but yeah. I have his peace. And if I do lose my peace, I try to go back and figure out, hey, wait a minute. I back up and I go to him and I'm like, okay, what's happening here? What's going on? Because it's um, peace is a big deal. And that's yeah. that's the, you know, he promised us peace. He is peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And it's been a, it's been a joy to walk it out, you know, to, to be free from the anxiety. And that now, I mean, a lot of, Chaos is still around me, but I don't, um, I'm so much better. And it's mm. all because of Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And so it's like, instead of stuffing it or not thinking about it or making yourself busy, you're consistently checking in on yourself. It sounds like, or when you feel a little off or that peace is gone, you're taking those moments to bring it to the Lord yes. and work through it with him. Yes. Because that's, that's really the, that's the only way you can. Yeah. And you can look to a, a million other things. Like I did, uh, you know, use like prescriptions for a while mm-hmm. because I needed that and it helped level me out. And when I was taking the prescription, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not be like, you know, up and down, up and down. But and they did their job for a while. And then when I was ready, I quit taking them. Right. And so it's just been uh, for me, like he's the only one who can do it. And so I, I can only turn to him. Like, I don't, like, pick up the phone. I don't. I just go to Jesus and and let him guide me and lead me where it is I need to go, whether it's in Scripture or whether whatever it is, I take it to him. And that's how, that's where the healing comes, and that's the only place the healing can come from. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Dr. Lori, can you describe a little bit about staying in the flying zone and how medication can help keep us in there when it seems out of control? Yes. And so the flying zone, we use the example of an airplane. And when I took flying lessons, if we went too high, we didn't have instruments to go into the clouds. And if we went too low, then we'd start hitting birds and helicopters. And so there's a perfect balance between that zone and in that zone. And so if we can't regulate ourselves, if we've got anxiety or depression, then anti-anxiety medication or antidepressant medications will just help take the edge off enough. But it doesn't, as Michelle said, it doesn't cure the anxiety or the depression. It just enables you to just be regulated enough so that you can be safe and stable in your routine environment and so that you can ultimately work through whatever that process is that you've got to go through. Hmm. 
Um, do you have any specific strategies in mind for people who might be experiencing anxiety? I love what Michelle said, that she not only met somebody who has peace, but she met the Prince of Peace. Mm. And so he's beautiful. And if you haven't met him, if you haven't encountered him, he's not religion and he's not a set of rules. He's the son of God who became the son of man. And so when he encounters us and when we first feel this peace that we've never felt before, then it's a journey. And I love the class that we have, a free e-course at No Boundaries has is the journey of restoration. And in the middle of that word restoration is the word rest. And so he says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so as we start to have anxiety and as we're up and down and in and out of our flying zone, then we need to know that it's going to take a while to maintain it. And even though she encountered the Prince of Peace, then she has to still partner with him every day. Because for years, when she experienced way back when she was younger, her dad and the things that have contributed, she, from that point, whenever that thing was activated, then she experienced life like that. And that becomes a new norm. So actually we were working with a girl and and she'd come out of human trafficking and she tried to kill herself. And, and she, she went through this process and she got really, really well. And it was beautiful. And she said, one day she was laying on the couch and she was just still, and she was silent and she was in Jesus's presence. And she was maintaining that. And her little girl came up to her and crawled up on top of her and started crying and said, mommy, mommy, I want you to be okay. Because her little girl had never seen her experience peace. And when she was despondent or what appeared to be despondent like that, then she would try to kill herself afterwards. And so this is a new feeling where we're not constantly racing, where we're not worried about things, where we're not erratic or easily startled, or we have difficulty eating and sleeping, where we can just be fully alive and fully available and fully present in the moment. And so Michelle kind of got a restart when she was visited by the Prince of Peace, but then it actually takes 400 repetitions to build a new habit. It takes a good 21 days for the neurons in our brain to start to change. And so a lot of times it's a walk into in a long process where everything we've viewed the world from was through the lens of anxiety or depression. And so we just need to have people that we can walk with and talk with in that connection process about, so how does it really feel? And, and I've even heard people describe peace or the lack of anxiety as boring. And so, so what does that look like? And then how can my body reset and how can I maintain that long-term over time? And then if I start to slip back into it, I love what Michelle also said about when she loses her peace, then she does whatever she needs to. The opposite of anxiety is really peace. And then she goes back to pick up that piece where she dropped it. Yeah, that's good. That's beautiful. And there's this, like I know for a lot of people, that's how the Lord will manifest himself first is that feeling, that overwhelming feeling of rest or peace just in various mm-hmm. countries or here. If you're unfamiliar with that, that that's the way that he it's a quick reset of like, what is happening? Is that you, Holy Spirit? So that is beautiful. So, Michelle, are there any other techniques or things that you do to maintain if the thoughts come up or if there's anything else that you want to add? Well, I did learn something at a conference just recently, like maybe last year about breathing in and saying Yahweh. And I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. that's amazing. But 
I was glad that Dr. Lloyd brought up rest because um, that's really what Jesus has given me. It's yeah. just, just a rest and a peace where I just rest in Him. And so I just truly depend on Him. Like mm-hmm. he, he has to do it, you know, me with His help. And I just really feel like that mine is just a beautiful love story and it's a testimony because if you knew me then and you knew me now, the whole my whole countenance or the maybe the aura around me is totally different mm-hmm. because um, of what Jesus has done. So wow. it's just, it's beautiful. And I love Jesus and I love what he's done. And I want the same thing for other people who I, I wouldn't want anyone to be like I was then because it was miserable and yeah. it was hard and it was lonely and it was, it was, um, it was really difficult, mm-hmm. difficult to, to feel like that. Right. To always feel on, you know, like you're just always in overdrive. Yeah. So if there is someone out there listening who's experiencing this right now or just those anxious thoughts or an overwhelming sense of stress or anything like that, what would you say to them? Well, um, find Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, it was just so beautiful to find Jesus in the midst of all of it. Like, it was just so, um, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, it was just... It was overwhelming to think that you could have that kind of peace, you know, that what he has to offer. And so I would just say, get in a community. Yeah. You know, uh, believe that there there is life on the other side because yeah. there is. Like, I'm testimony to there is like Because I thought at one point, is it always going to be like this? Am I always going to be like this? Is there is there any hope to being, Is will life ever be any different? And, oh, it's different. Mm-hmm. And so I would just say, uh find a community, find Jesus and work your way out of it. But it's a walkout. Like it's a, you know, it's, but it's not like it's hard. And there are times, but it's not when you're with Jesus, it's not hard because you just have to let him, let him show you what to do and how to walk it out. And he's so faithful to meet people in it. Like in the middle of the world, in the middle of the anxious, he can immediately, like he can meet you right in that place before you even have to, try to figure it all out. That's the point, right? Yes. And and, and he's done that for me yeah. over and over. I mean, even, even like in the last, like I can think of like last year, uh, you know, a phone call in the morning and I was, I could feel the old feelings coming back. I, I knew it was happening and I was like, no, no. And I just went to Jesus and I was like, no, mm-hmm. no. And yeah. he came and he came quickly. So I was able to just, you know, regulate and get right back to, to where I had been. So he's, he is faithful and kind to, yeah. you know, we put one foot in front of our, you know, and he does the rest. So, yeah. yeah. So Dr. Lori, if you could give one takeaway for our listeners, what would that be? Well, I love what she's encountered and that's a Prince of Peace. And so I would just encourage the listeners to, as she said, she just breathes in the word y'all and then she exhales way. And so I want to encourage us all to just do that just for a minute, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background is, no matter what your belief system is, if Jesus is really real and he's a prince of peace, if you just surrender for a second and just say, Jesus, meet me where I'm at and just breathe that in y'all and way, because it's not that the glass is half empty and I'm riddled with anxiety or the glass is half full and I'm an optimist. It's that I know the one who filled the glass. Mm -hmm. And no matter what I've experienced, like she said, she was triggered by a phone call and always expecting the worst. But if 
if I know the one who fills the glass and the one who protects me, and we know enough about neuroscience now to know that our brains are neuroplastic and they can be reshaped and we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind, a real relationship with the Prince of Peace is enough to cure anxiety and depression and any mental health issue as we connect, as we understand the psychoeducation, and as we establish a routine. And I think as we've discussed over and over on this podcast, even with Molly saying yes to Jesus for a year in that routine, we can radically be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And if we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, we'll eventually change our brains. And if we change our brain, we're going to change our life. Amen. (laughs) Amen. It's super exciting. Thank you, Jesus, for how you made us. So thank you guys for being here. And thank you, Michelle, for being so open and vulnerable and talking about this with us. It's an honor. So until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.